Hello and welcome to episode number seven of the Pain-Free Psyching. I'm your host, Dr. John Schaefer, physical therapist and strength conditioning coach. On this podcast, I help you, the cyclist, take control of your health both on and off the saddle. Today, we're talking all about recovery. One of the biggest questions I get, and that is, what should I be doing for recovery? What sorts of things do I need to buy? How can I maximize that time following a ride so I'm not so sore the next day? This is something that I feel like is super, super important to address. You've got some clear guidelines, some clear instruction of how to master your recovery. So during today's podcast, We'll break down what recovery is. We'll talk a little bit about general adaptation syndrome. Might sound super scary, might sound intimidating, but really it's just the way your body responds to exercise. It can either respond in a positive way or a negative way. And we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll talk about key aspects of recovery and then we'll dive into natural versus alternative routes of recovery. So a lot of times... People are reaching out and they're asking about all these alternative methods, uh, creams, powders, pixie dust, and onwards, things that you know you never even think of using for recovery, but somehow they got an ad or something popped up and they think it can help them. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the differences there. And then we'll also talk about utilizing active recovery. You, you guys know by now I'm a big preacher of doing of taking active control of your health, whether that's following an injury um, or with recovery or onward, it's always important that you're taking an active role in your health. So let's start by talking about what recovery actually is. Recovery is just a return to a normal state of health. And that can be health of your body, health of your mind, strength. So then why is it important that we recover? Well, Following any kind of activity, especially if you're stressing your body in a new way, that can be through a workout, lifting weights, going for a more intense ride. In order for our body to fully adapt to those stressors that we put on it, we need to give it time to recover before stressing it again. If we don't, then we can get into trouble with things such as injuries, whether they be you know acute or short-lived injuries or those more chronic, um, longer injuries that we can run into. So this is where the idea or concept of general adaptation syndrome comes into place. There's three parts to this syndrome, and we'll kind of break down each here. So the alarm is the stress that we place on our body. So anytime we've got a training stimulus, the body responds, wonders what in the world is going on? Why are you giving me so much, so much load, so much intensity? So think about this is either a workout in the gym, on the bike. And then following that workout, there's a period of resistance. So your body is responding to that alarm, um, trying to figure out how it's going to deal with this stimulus. So it responds by building new muscular connections, strengthening those existing connections, and really preparing itself for additional stress that's to come in the future. It's kind of thinking to itself, okay, if you know I have to deal with this stress again, am I going to be ready for it? And then after we have the resistance comes the response. So once you get past, excuse me, once you get past that resistance, you really have two different options. And this is where things can um, either move in a positive direction or a very negative direction. So if you give yourself enough rest, you reach what's called super compensation. 
And that's when your body starts to experience an improved level of fitness and is in a position to respond in a very positive way if you were to repeat the amount of stress from that first alarm. But if you don't give yourself enough rest, then you enter or you risk entering a period of exhaustion, overtraining, or decreasing fitness. So if you're moving along, following a workout, body's trying to recover, you jump back in too quickly, then your fitness starts to go way downhill if you jump in too soon. And that can cost you, you know, it can cost you several weeks uh, away from training. So this is something you want to avoid at all costs. And that's why it's so incredibly important to manage your load while you're training. Um, so we can think about like a Goldilocks and the three bears type of situation. You don't want to train too much, but you also don't want to train enough because if there's too little load or you don't give yourself enough recovery, you're not going to experience progress because there's not enough stress on the body to build any kind of real fitness or see any kind of improvement. If you place too much load or don't give yourself enough recovery, again, there's no progress made or worse, you could even decrease your fitness or end up in a worse spot than you started. But with the right amount of load and proper recovery, there can be significant improvements in fitness, athleticism, performance on the bike, how you feel off the bike. So it's very important that you're kind of monitoring your training load. And if you don't know how, there's so many good resources online in terms of you know training programs or even just educational information about what sorts of things to look for following a workout to get an idea of if you know you've done too much or, or if you haven't done enough. A good marker for if you've done too much, this is something that I'll tell my patients a lot. It's okay if you're sore for, if you're sore immediately after your exercise and if that soreness can even linger uh, around 24 hours afterwards. That's kind of the guideline that I'll give my patients. I'll say if it lasts more than 24 hours, then we might need to adjust our load a little bit um, next time. But honestly, in terms of how long that muscle soreness can last, it can be anywhere from one to three days. Um, so some of that you'll have to play around with in terms of what your tolerance is and what some of your goals are to decide um, decide what some of those thresholds are. But if you're sore for four or five days after, then that's you've done way too much. So constantly listen to your body following those workouts. Pay attention to how you're responding, and then you can adjust accordingly. So next, let's talk a little bit about the key aspects of recovery. I think everyone's very familiar with the physical aspects of recovery with physical rest. I think we probably don't think quite as much about the mental aspects of recovery. So when it comes to physical, that's restoring your body to previous levels. So we can think about physical rest on a spectrum. Um, after a long ride, after a race, it's okay to fully rest. You don't need to feel guilty about taking a little bit of time off, especially if you've stressed your body in a big way. You've been training for this event for God knows how long leading up to it. Um, after you've had that race, just relax for a little bit. Give your body some time to rest. In the coming days afterwards, as your body begins to feel a little bit better, you start to get your legs back, you can start to use more of those active recovery techniques. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we move on. Um, but once you feel between 80, 90% back to full health, then you can start to resume training, ease back in, and then get back in a routine. 
when it comes to the mental rest, you got to give your mind space to recover. Um, whether it's a race or consistent training, all that can be extremely taxing mentally, especially if you're trying to balance it on top of work, balance it on top of school, family commitments, whatever else you have going on. It's extremely challenging to give yourself those breaks and understand what the balance is between you know pushing yourself extremely hard um, as well as giving yourself time to rest. So be firm with yourself in terms of what your training expectations are. Don't just skip workouts to skip them. But if you have planned rest following larger efforts, that's totally okay. But um, schedule in those breaks, and I think it makes them easier to take. Some specific benefits of mental rest, reduce stress and anxiety, improve mood, decrease blood pressure, chronic pain relief, improved immune health, stronger cardiovascular system. All these things are coming from just giving your brain a little bit of a break. So don't underestimate the mental side of things as well. Let's talk next about the different types of recovery. Now that we know why it's important, let's dive into how to actually go about recovering in these ways. So there's natural methods and alternative methods. So natural methods are things that everyone has access to. We have a lot of control over, over when and how we use these methods and they're proven to be effective. You have these at your fingertips, there's no excuse not to be maximizing these aspects. And those are sleep, nutrition, and hydration. It sounds incredibly simple, but it's super, super important. And I'll tell everyone I work with, if you don't have these three things in check, it doesn't matter what you know compression socks you're wearing or what uh, supplement you're using. Nothing's going to substitute for good sleep, clean nutrition, and enough hydration. If you do have all those aspects in check, then we can look at alternative methods. These will require additional resources, whether that's money, whether that's a membership, uh, utilization of external factors, meaning these don't take place from within you. Um, you're actually applying something from the outside world to assist in your recovery. And in most cases, these are not often proven to be effective. There's different thoughts about how they work, if they work, um, but none of it's necessarily backed by firm science. Things that might fall into this category, compression garments, pneumatic compression devices, massages, or other aids. You might hear things like red light therapy, cold plunges. Um, like I said, different supplements. The list will go on. It just... There's always going to be different um, methods that you're going to see pop up as a quick fix to accelerate your recovery. And it's important to note that for the most part, they don't really exist. If there was, there's just not very many, not very quick fixes. So let's talk about a little bit more about the natural methods. We'll talk about the big three here and that sleep, nutrition, and hydration again. I'm saying it a couple of times because I want to drill this in. But the purpose of sleep is to rejuvenate, rebuild the body, rebuild the musculoskeletal, muscular, and immune systems. Um, this is the time. This is the time when your body rebuilds itself, when the body is able to make those training adaptations. Um, and this is a very, very important time. So, if you're thinking to yourself, "Well, I only get four or five hours a night," well, if you're not getting that full seven, eight, nine hours of sleep, 
you're shortening that recovery window and then reducing the potential for adaptations. So you're leaving a lot of gains on the table if you're not getting a good night's rest. Um, this is something I think a lot of us struggle with, especially you know, you've got a busy day, you come home, you feel like that's kind of your time before bed to relax, whether that's scrolling on your phone, reading, whatever you do. Um, but all that time is kind of eating into your sleep. So again, if you're training seriously or you're trying to take serious control of your health, be firm and set guidelines. Tell yourself, okay, I'm going to bed before 10.30 or 10 o'clock every single night to make sure that I'm getting enough time for my body to fully recover so it can be at its best. I can feel at my best and I'm you know, setting myself up for a situation where I'm avoiding injury and I'm able to train at my highest level. The next piece of the big three is nutrition. This is something that again, it really comes down to it comes down to a little bit of habit. So focusing on nutrient dense, real foods, um, especially following a workout is extremely important to ensure a combination um, of macronutrients as well as micronutrients. So with this, I mean, you don't, you don't have to hold yourself to the highest standard when it comes to nutrition, but make good choices. So I know for me, something that helped out a ton uh, was just trying to cook more. So on Sundays, I do a little bit of cooking for the week. Um, I really, really, really like to go out to eat. So for me, the, the simple change has been, okay, I'm not going to go out to eat during the week. I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm getting good protein at each meal. I'm going to try and do my best to eat, you know, some fruits each day, mix in some vegetables. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all. Um, but I think as long as you're paying some attention to what you're eating, you're setting yourself up for success. So as long as it's kind of in the back of your mind, okay, between these two options, I know which one's healthier. I'm going to go with that. You're setting yourself up for success. And if you're maybe competing at a higher level or have an event coming up, I would definitely recommend consulting with a nutritionist, even if it's just a one-time consult, that can be very helpful in giving you additional things to think about. Lastly, hydration. Um, if you don't replace water loss to sweat during a hard workout, you're making it even harder on your body to fully recover. So make sure that during your workouts, you're drinking enough after you're drinking enough. I know some people, it's very popular right now to supplement with electrolytes, um, but just get, a, get ahead of it. I think if you can start each day drinking a couple glasses of water, that'll kind of set yourself up for success. Um, keep a water bottle with you, things like that all can be very helpful. And then just sit throughout the day. So an interesting piece when it comes to hydration, there's a study done on elite athletes who drank only to satisfy their thirst over several days, um, showed that they successfully replaced lost fluids and maintain body weight. Um, so simply paying attention if you're thirsty or not and drinking when you're thirsty, is oftentimes enough, um, but paying attention to that thirst sensation, um, let that let that be your guide. So you don't need to take elaborate measures or calculations to figure out how much you need to drink. If you're thirsty, you should drink. Um, but as you age, our thirst sensation decreases. So uh, paying attention to specific amounts of fluid, how much you're drinking, can be more beneficial uh, once you once you start to get just a little bit older. 
Next, we're going to talk about alternative methods to recovery. So something very common that we'll see is compression garments. Basically, that's just tight fitting elastic apparel. You can see these in stockings, calf sleeves, thigh socks. You'll even see full body suits. Um, these are thought to do things like promote blood flow and prevent clots. Uh, there's lots of research that's being done on compression garments that aren't necessarily clear answers. So if there's any benefit, it's likely pretty small. Building on the theme of compression, there's actually electric devices known as pneumatic compression devices. They're similar to the compression garments, but they're a little bit more powerful. Um, these are a little bit more pricey typically. You might see them at health clubs. There might be a placebo effect involved, meaning we think that there's a higher effect than there is. And that in turn leads to a higher effect, but they're often paired with other methods of recovery as well. And then lastly, massage may provide some benefit, but depending on the type of massage, the skill of the masseuse, um, just things to consider that these are, again, are things that you can add on on top of what you're already doing, but focus on the big three. So big takeaway here, optimize the things you can control. You can control how much sleep you're getting. You can control how much you're drinking and you can control the food you're putting in your body. So if, as long as you're putting in good nutrients and giving yourself enough time to rest, you're going to be in a very, very good spot to succeed when it comes to recovery. And then if that's still not enough, if you're still feeling like you need a little bit more, then you can start to explore some of the more alternative methods to see if they can provide that additional benefit. Let's talk next about active recovery. Um, so active recovery is super important. And basically what it is, is it's very low intensity exercise um, following a high intensity effort or workload. So this could be done in the form of something as simple as walking, doing some gentle swimming, low impact exercises, even just working on stretching and mobility. That's one of my favorite things to do during my a rest days or following a workout, or you could do like a zone one workout where your heart rate's extremely low. The thought is that with uh, these active recovery strategies, you're increasing blood flow to your muscles, removing some toxins that have built up during exercise um, and allowing the body to accelerate its recovery. So implementing active recovery, if you're experiencing ongoing soreness or fatigue from a previously intense workout, but you've already given yourself a period of total rest, then start to work in active recovery. Don't continue to lay down and rest. Get moving a little bit. Because active recovery, when performed appropriately, does not put much strain on your body. The danger comes when we say we're going to do active recovery. For instance, tell yourself you're going on a zone one ride and end up in zones two, three, maybe four. And that effectively is just reducing your recovery time and your body doesn't have the opportunity to build those adaptations. So if you use workouts for your active recovery, you need to be disciplined and strategic. You need to say, this is what I'm going to do. It might not seem like it's stressful to my body compared to what I'm used to, but that's okay because it's built in active recovery and it's going to help you in the long run. So to summarize here, for the most part, there's no magic tricks or formulas when it comes to recovery, despite what you might see online or advertised at your events, your races, your gyms, because at the end of the day, nothing is going to beat adequate sleep, hydration, and rock solid nutrition. If you have good control over each of those pieces, you can begin to explore other options. 
but prioritizing recovery can really be the X factor that elevates good athletes into great ones. And everyday athletes are those who are riding for enjoyment, riding for leisure, not at a competitive level, can prevent injuries and make sure you're able to enjoy the sport for a long period of time. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or got some value out of it, share it with a fellow cyclist. I'd love to see this podcast spread and help as many people as we can. Um, if you want more cycling content, you can follow me on Instagram at johnshafer.dpt. That's J-O-H-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R dot D-P-T. Um, and if you're interested in working one-on-one -on -one with me, I'd be happy to set up a free assessment. My uh, website's painfreecycling.com. You fill out a short form and then you'll have access to my calendar. Hopefully you got some good tips from this episode. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you on the next one.